Welcome to this series of Bible lessons on the New Testament. In these 42 lessons, we will teach the history of the Lord Jesus as delivered to us in the four Gospels. We will start with the days that led up to Christ's humble birth in Bethlehem. We will then look at his blessed ministry, his suffering, his death, and resurrection. His humble life on earth concludes with his ascension, and after this, the blessed outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Lastly, we will teach the calling and ministry of the greatest evangelist that ever lived, Paul the Apostle. These last lessons are taught from the book of Acts and include Paul's missionary journeys. Be sure to use the lesson guide with questions and knowledge exercises presented with these lectures. We hope these lessons are a blessing to you. Thank you. Lesson 10 in our Bible study on the life and ministry of Christ is about the Sermon on the Mount. And you may find this recorded in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. This is a sermon which Jesus taught to the multitude from a mountain. We do not know which mountain it was, but we do know that there was a multitude of people that have come. And then Jesus goes on this mountain and he begins to teach them. This is the clearest sermon that we have recorded in Scripture, and it is a long sermon. There are many lessons in it, but we will focus on the main lessons only. And so Jesus begins his sermon with the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are blessings. And so he begins by describing a Christian, the character of a Christian, and why a Christian is blessed. And then we see in the first Beatitude, he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. No, he is not talking about poor on earth, but poor in spirit, in the heart. These are people who have learned to know that they are sinners and that they are sin and can do nothing but sin. And that grieves them. That is why they are so poor in spirit. They are pleaders at the throne of grace. Well, theirs is the kingdom of heaven, for it is for such people that the Lord Jesus came upon earth to seek and to save sinners. The second beatitude is, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. No, they are not mourning about the loss of a person or the loss of property, but they are mourning over their sin. They have a true sorrow over sin, a sorrowing after God. And then Jesus says, they shall be comforted. Oh, then many times they are a people who are weeping because of their sins. And they shall be comforted when God speaks and he shows them that there is mercy and grace in Jesus Christ. 
The third beatitude is blessed are the meek. Meek is the opposite of proud. And then they are filled with humility. They are people who seek to do good and to overcome evil, and they shall inherit the earth because the violent will destroy themselves, but God's people will receive a place in a new heaven and a new earth. The fourth beatitude is, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. They are hungering and thirsting after righteousness, because they have no righteousness of themselves, but they need that righteousness which is in Jesus Christ. Only that righteousness uh, can save them, because that is pleasing in God's sight. And then they uh, search the scriptures, they read God's word, and sometimes they will receive a word in their heart, food for their soul, and they shall be filled. Oh, one word from Jesus' mouth is enough for a hungry soul. The fifth beatitude is, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Oh, then they have learned that it is only mercy that Jesus came to save them, and therefore they desire to show mercy to their neighbors, to those around them. And then God says, they shall receive, obtain mercy from God. The sixth beatitude is, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. There is no man that is pure in heart. Our hearts are desperately wicked and evil, but there is a people that learns to know that Jesus' blood has washed and cleansed them from all sin, and those are pure in heart, and they shall see God, for Jesus has redeemed them, and they shall inherit salvation. The seventh beatitude is, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Jesus came upon earth to bring peace in the hearts of his people. Well, then such a person also seeks peace with his neighbor, and then they shall be called the children of God. The eighth beatitude is, Blessed are they who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Throughout all ages, we see that God's church has been persecuted. And even today, in many countries, people are persecuted for the sake and for the name of Jesus Christ. Well, that is for righteousness' sake. And those people, they shall obtain the kingdom of God. All oh, then, here on earth it is a tribulation, but eternally they shall enter into glory. That is what gives them courage to go on. And then Jesus goes on with other lessons in his sermon. He says, Ye 
are called to be the salt of the earth. Christians are the salt of the earth. Think of it, salt. Meat or food without salt is without flavor. A society, a culture without Christians is without flavor. Then Jesus goes on and says, Ye are the light of this world. Oh, then we must be a shining light. Then our works must show that we are Christians. And that is also what Jesus says. He says, Ye are the light of the world, that <clears throat> let your light so shine, so that the world, all those around us, can see your works and glorify God. Oh, if they may see the characteristics of a Christian in action, then they may become jealous and they may become seekers. It is not in how much we can say, but throughout this sermon, Jesus will emphasize we must be doers of his word. <clears throat> and then he also says that he came to fulfill the commandments. And then he describes some of those commandments in a little more detail, because it is not just the literal Ten Commandments, but each commandment has more meaning. He uses the Eighth Commandment, Thou shalt not kill. He says that is not just referring to murder. He says, but that is also when we are angry or we hate someone. Oh, just think of it, how often as children we say, I hate you. Well, Jesus says, that is also murder. And so he goes on and explains the seventh commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery. Again, that is not just committing adultery with a woman, but he says, whoever looks upon a woman with lust commits adultery already. And then he has a lesson. He says, flee from there. He says, pluck out your eye, cut off your hand. That is better than to lose your life. He doesn't mean literally, but he says, leave those places, forsake the places of temptation and of sin. He says it is better to lose some possessions here than to lose your soul. He also says some a message about swearing an oath. And then he says that our words must be yea, yea, and our nay, nay. But if we must swear an oath, he says, then do not swear to heaven or to Jerusalem, but call God as your witness that what you say is true. And then he says, the Jews have taught throughout ages that it is an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But he says, no, as Christians, we should not seek vengeance, but we must love our enemies. We must turn the other cheek, overcome evil with good. Then in the next part of this sermon, a Jesus tells us that there are three things that we must do in secret. To give alms, to pray, and to fast. 
To give alms, what does Jesus then mean here? That is when we give gifts to God and to the church and to our neighbor. And then the lesson is uh, in secret. We should not boast or stand on the street corner to tell others what we have given. But he says, let your left hand not know what your right hand doeth. It must be a matter between God and your soul. The second thing that we must do in secret is to pray. Here he is referring to the Pharisees who stand on the street corners so that everyone can hear them pray. And they pray long prayers and they make repetitions. Jesus says, no, let me teach you a true prayer. And then he begins to teach them the Lord's Prayer. And you and I all know that prayer. But now think of the th lessons in that prayer. First of all, what is the address of the prayer? It says, Our Father. It is like we put an address on a letter. Well, here we put an address on our prayer. Our prayer goes to our Father in heaven. Then he begins his prayer with three petitions for God's glory. He does not begin to teach us to pray for ourselves. No, our prayers must always be to God. And then those three petitions are, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. All three of these are seeking the glory of God, the coming of his kingdom, and that his will be done. And then he teaches three petitions uh, for this life. And they are, give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our debts, and lead us not into temptation. Notice one for our physical needs, our daily bread. Oh, that we may learn to pray for our daily bread. But also, forgiveness of our sin. We need that forgiveness while we are on earth, because once we die, it is too late. And then, because we live in a dark world, in a dark time, lead us not into temptation. Oh, we have no strength against sin, but Jesus can lead us away from it. And then he concludes the prayer with, For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory, forever. Amen. A short and a simple prayer that we may learn to pray as Jesus taught. Then Jesus went on with fasting, the third thing. He says, it is good to fast. That means to do without food for a day, as so that we can devote all of our attention to serving God and to seeking God. But he says, do not do it with a sad face, or do not disfigure your face so that people can see it. It is between you and the Lord. The last part of the sermon, Jesus is teaching practical lessons for every day. 
The first one that Jesus teaches is that we should not lay up treasures here on earth. Oh, we live in a world where everyone is trying to become richer and richer. But Jesus says, all those treasures, they will perish. They will pass away. But lay up treasure in heaven, for that is a treasure that will endure to all eternity. The second lesson is that we cannot serve two masters, not even on earth, because what one master would want you to do, the other may not want you to do. But Jesus here is referring to, we cannot serve God and mammon, or Satan, because they are opposites of each other, and therefore we must choose today whom we will serve. The third lesson that Jesus teaches is that we should not be so co concerned about what we will eat or what we will drink or what we will wear. And he even uses examples from nature. But he teaches that beautiful lesson. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added thereto. No, he did not say that we will get everything. But if we seek first the kingdom of God, then Jesus promises that we will have food convenient for the day. The next lesson is that we should not judge others uh, because we will also be judged, not only here, but hereafter. And then he uses that example, eh, that if we uh, see evil in someone else, then so often there is more evil in our own hearts. And he says we must first cleanse our own lives. Then we have enough. We don't have time for our others. The calling comes in the fifth lesson, eh, to enter in at the straight gate. Oh, here Jesus teaches that there is two ways. There is a broad way that leadeth to eternal destruction. And there is a narrow way that leadeth to life eternal. Oh, if you have an opportunity, you should read Pilgrim's Progress, which really describes that broad and that narrow way. The sixth lesson that Jesus gives is, Beware of false prophets. Oh, there will be many who come and claim to be Christ. But no, they are false prophets. They are coming from a Satan, from the prince of darkness, seeking to destroy the world. And finally, Jesus ends his sermon with a parable. And here he is uh, describing to us a summary of his whole lesson. We must be doers of the word. And then he says, those who are doers of God's word, they are like the wise builder who builds his house on a rock. That rock is Jesus Christ. Oh, then the house of our life can stand the storms of the world. But if we are only hearers of the word and not doers, we are like the foolish builder. And then the storms will come and our house will be destroyed. Oh, may we learn lessons from this sermon to the honor of God's name. Thank you.